Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of a Shoot Your Shot podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Escobar, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix. And to my left is the illustrious Ali Nicole. How you hey, doing? y'all. It's your girl, Ali Nicole, a.k.a. your favorite little shit talker, a.k.a. that little baby who's back on her bullshit. Y'all know how to act. You were back on your bullshit last week, though. Okay, and we just keep that same energy. Okay, so What's the not, problem? it's not really back on your bullshit. It's continuing the same bullshit. Listen, this past week, your girl your girl was between, like, heaven and hell and somewhere in jail. Like, God was like, no, girl, we just, we going to sit you out on a couple different things. And just, you know, we going to rest your eyes on some conversations. We just going to have you not in the vicinity of certain happenings. Like, the good Lord has definitely saved uh, saved my ass this week. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So, How was your weekend? Um, well, so Friday, me and you did a dummy mission. Ooh, listen. I, it was a dummy mission. I felt like it was my freshman year at Wright State all over again. So me and Calvin ventured to Columbus for orange soda. Right. Shout out, shout out to the brothers. Shout out to uh, Mount Burn, Will, my brother B.I. All, all Huge shout out Burn to DJ Crate Digger. Bro, DJ Crate Digger's a fucking wizard. The wizard. Bro, that nigga's a wizard. And, okay, also, What's wrong with him? Bro, he ain't got no damn sense. He ain't got no sense. And Burn's crowd control is crazy. So, first of all, Orange Soda's like a 90s theme party. That's 2000, uh, yeah, 2000s hip-hop and R&B. Back, you know, the... The Ford, the 4X T era, you know, the Airbrush T era. You know like, what I'm saying? What, you know what I'm saying? That's what's going Word on. Word Up uh, Magazine, the late eras, like when B2K was on Word Up Magazine. Like, yeah, like that era. Um, also, shout out to my, uh, my homegirl, Don't Fret. Shout out to Reva, um, holding it down for the for the woman DJs as well. Yeah, because she definitely did her thing too. Um, shout out to DJ Bandcamp. Randomly seeing Bandcamp at Orange Soda was cool. Um, shout out to Trip Fontaine running into him. Uh, that was great. Like, oh, of course, do rags and mimosas. We always gang gang. So, <laughs> always, yeah, just always, huge, always and forever. So, huge shout out to y'all. Um, but yeah, Orange Soda was cool. The vibe in the party was cool. Okay, talk For, shit. First of all, we're gonna. There's a couple different stops we're gonna make on the Orange Soda journey. All right. Journey. So. We get into the part, the function. Mind you, like, I used to live in Columbus, so I pretty much can gauge, based upon where we are, I can gauge the crowd. Like, okay, this is, like, your older Ohio State students, you know what I mean? Um, it, it, the party was definitely 21 and up, right? Yes. Okay, so definitely it's definitely, 21. like, your older, your older student crowd, your young professional crowd. So, perfect, right? So, perfect scene. Oh, shout out to Ralph. Um, from, if y'all are from any, from my right state days, 808 days, <laughs> shout out to Ralph. Um, it was crazy seeing him work the door because I was reaching in my wallet to get my license. And he was just like, so after I check your license, I need my hug. And I look up and I'm like, oh, shit, the homie. Shout out to Murph on the photography. Um, uh, shout out to everybody, man. Shout out to, like, listen, if you know me, you know I fuck with or- the orange soda crowd, orange soda vibes, the people the behind The whole it. thing. It you was perfect. I fuck with the movement. Y'all, y'all, y'all know y'all need to holler at me when y'all come to Cincinnati, but that's a neither, neither here nor there. We'll get you together. Um, Between we'll, me and Cal, y'all good in, on every MLK <laughs> Boulevard. Like, we'll work that out. So, 
So, but no, so I get in there and I, I of course, I'm with do-rags and mimosas and we chilling like we're, we're good. Um, the, the scene was cool, but then they start like DJ Burn goes into this crazy R&B set. I mean, he's throwing the oops and I'm like, Alex, why are you dancing with Jade? Why has nobody at least tapped you? Why is no no no, no hit you with the I, 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 ex- ex- excuse ex- excuse me? Because, all right, so. nobody. So I'm just like okay. So maybe these niggas like scared of ass, or maybe they just realize that consent is a thing, so right. they learn some respect, right? Right. So then he hits us with this crazy twerk set, crazy, and I mean like I'm throwing ass ass. And I'm just like, I know I ain't got no booty, but it's shaking. And I was at least expecting a little bit of disrespect. And there was not not even a little bit of like the rub past the booty. Oh, like, like that, that that convenient walk, but you stay there real yeah, quick. Yeah, like real quick to catch the twerk. I, somehow I ended up dancing on Murph. So that was cool. And like, he's always polite. He holds your skirt down while you're twerking. So like, that's uh, always. We, we stand a gentleman. We stand a gentleman. <laughs> we stand a gentleman. <laughs> so, you being nice about it. I'm going to be disrespectful. Y'all niggas are scared. Listen, all right, so you be nice about it. And then they blocked the pathway to the bro, buns. Bro, bro, okay, hold on, because first and foremost, again, for those who know me, know I've been there, I've been there a couple times, and I'm not, this is not sneak this one because I text the niggas who run it and I told them the same shit. Because, again, I ain't going to say nothing, I ain't going to say the niggas' face. Facts. So, y'all niggas was too cool to kick it. And I say y'all niggas, not the, not the team, the team did everything they needed to do. The visuals was crazy. Every DJ held it down. I already told y'all, nigga, Crate Digger is a fucking wizard. Something wrong with him. But bad niggas, bad niggas different. We right? need to check his pulse. We need to check his alien status. Bad He's not from Earth. Different. Bad niggas different. And, and I, that's no diss to DJ Burn because he did his thing. But Crate Digger, <laughs> something niggas, wrong with him. Bro, like. And I never geek about DJs like this because I because I know the I know the DJ. No, my I, favorite DJ is your favorite DJ. Like I never geek about DJs, but that nigga's fucking different, bro. And so it wasn't even just during the twerk sessions or just during the slow jams. It was like during the shit. Like Dipset came, like three back to back Dipset bangers. Y'all act like I ain't know what Dipset was, and then the whole banger came, and y'all act like I ain't know. Oh, but, and I, y'all know me, and I lost my mind. The crazy thing is like. I could be in Cincinnati and I'm gonna go crazy, but I'm in somebody else's city. Facts. I'm going nuts. Even though like everybody know Columbus is like a second home, I'm really good in them. I'm really good on any hood in Columbus for the low. But it, it so and so it frustrated me. And again, this is no no disrespect to the people behind Orange Soda. They know I got love for them, but the crowd. Y'all acting like y'all was too cool to dance and y'all wanted to look good. Like, that was the type of function that y'all came in. Nigga, if you wanted sections of VIP bottles, there's sections of VIP bottles somewhere else. You could have done that there, though. But that's the thing. But you're in the middle of the dance floor. Not fucking moving. And then when a nigga like me who ain't afraid to ask, ain't afraid to get to work, y'all are not dancing on the girls, but you're also not moving the fuck out the way so the niggas who are trying to dance. Y'all are literal obstacles. My nigga Marlon <laughs> had to get on the damn microphone multiple times and admonish y'all niggas for being scared because y'all weren't moving out the way so the real niggas can have some fun, but you also weren't <laughs> doing what the real niggas were doing and getting on these young women with consent. Y'all just literally fucking there as human obstacles and for the life of me I would never understand I was just like is this ninja warrior like why are niggas climbing over niggas to get the buns like because move because the niggas wouldn't move they would not and if fucking you're not move. gonna move and you're not gonna take the twerk then nigga move out the way so a real nigga can bro cause I promise you I was just like okay I know twerking is real like early 2000s basement party but that's what orange soda is that's the vibes that's, that's the, the vibes. vibes that's the vibes y'all niggas fuck up the electric slide yeah. because y'all couldn't get the fucking beat together don't get seen Listen, 
I loved it for the experience that I had. But I was just like, listen, y'all were too cool to kick it. Y'all were. And but too cool to kick it, stay the fuck but home. But here's the thing. I always go to functions for my own wave. Like, I was drunk on the way up there. I was drunk coming home. I, You know what I mean? I went yeah, up there. Shout out to D-Way for driving on the way back. Because, baby, we, we wouldn't have made it. Yeah, so, shout out to Griselda. For those of y'all who don't know, Griselda's my car. And, like, Griselda has been at every function. I am always the designated driver. I don't know why we let me do that. I don't know why we let you do that either. But what? I do. I knew I wasn't driving because I wasn't going to make that dummy mission. We were, that was a dummy mission. And we were just like, and crazy thing is we had a place to crash. We had several options. But, like, niggas. We needed, we needed to be back in the morning. We needed to get back in the morning. And my crowd, my, my group of friends, we don't get up. We refuse to get up, actually. Like, bro, like, I remember there's a couple of times they've had to tap me and I cussed you out. And I don't even remember doing that. Yeah. Because so like, I don't like waking up. Because, again, like, Columbus is home for a lot of, like, second home for a lot of us. Like, I knew for a fact, like, Nichols was even asking me, like, you sure? Like, you know you got, and I'm like, I know. Speaking like, of second homes, I'll be up there this weekend. <laughs> I'll be up there a weekend after that. Is that Valentine's Day weekend? Is that I don't, what, does it really count as Valentine's Day weekend if it's after Listen, Valentine's I already told y'all, we're declining dates. It was a topic on Twitter where it was like, what was the biggest advice or lesson you learned mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day? And I say, hey, ladies, decline all date offers for the 13th and the 15th. If that nigga can't ask you out on Valentine's Day, that nigga he don't want your date. might have to work. Like, and we've got what I'm saying, like, nigga's <sighs> schedules is different. I know, I'm, I actually, real life, have to work on, like, Valentine's Day. Like, okay, but, like. So instead, he could have not asked you at all. He's trying to make some shit shake. We're good. But also, if you wonder, ladies, if you still didn't know if he was single or taken or really fuck with, you'll nigga find by, out on Valentine's by Day. By hold on, I'm, I'm gonna give you the game up. If you didn't know you was, if you really went together by January 31st, you ain't even getting no Valentine's Day gift. I'm gonna keep it honest. Like, Here's the thing. I asked this question. I said, if you have multiple Valentine's Day like dates, mm-hmm. right? How many of these dates are you supposed to buy a present for? Because, like, some of us have dates that entire week. So, is the young bull supposed to buy, like, presents all like, week? Okay, so so it really depends on the the level that you're at in the relationship with Valentine's Day. Because, say, for example, this is, like, a first date that happens to be on Valentine's Day week. And for those who don't know who's First that, of all, nobody's doing that. I'm, listen, I'm nobody's gonna, doing that I'm, I've never ever ever in my whole life been asked out on a first date during Valentine's Day week that is not the week to I, ask me out I am giving I don't think scenarios so. cause full I know scenarios. honestly like if it's a Valentine's Day date I'm with somebody I don't mind fucking you're, you're following me here alright so, so, so let me explain it so you don't get yourself jammed up <laughs> be quiet I'm trying to help you out here okay so <laughs> So, for example, let's say, okay, maybe not the first day, but it's early stage date. Y'all haven't fucked yet. Okay. Let's, can we, can we, let's put it like that, right? Okay. Y'all haven't fucked yet. Um, then, I, at most, a small gift. Because you don't want to go overboard and then scare the motherfucker thinking that you that you are way too deep when you're not. Right. Motherfuckers think it's spooky season. Real spooky. Real quick. So, it's like maybe a small gift, like, you know, like a card or, I don't know, something small. If you want to get a gift, you're also okay in the early stages to probably not get a gift if you're just if you're taking them out. So I feel like if it's in like okay, you've only been talking to this girl for the past like month or two, early like stages. A, like flowers and a cute little teddy bear, that's fine. But if you've been rocking with this girl six months plus, you need to you should know enough about her or him to get them an actual present. And gift cards do not count as a as a present. Depends on the person. 
Because some people just like money. No, do not. Cash me out. (laughs) Cash me out. As my partner, for a date like this, you can give me cash any day. You can give me a present on any day. But Valentine's Day, if you're really going to do it, because I know some couples that don't do it at all. But on Valentine's Day, if you're really, really going to do it, do not hand me cash on Valentine's Day. Give it to me on the 15th. But like. (laughs) (laughs) So you want to to accept the date on the 15th, but you accept cash on the 15th, huh? From like my actual partner? Yeah. Like from somebody, or not even partner, because I'm not ready. I've. We'll get there. But in therapy, we've worked it out that I'm not ready for a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We, but we knew that. I was looking more for, like, companionship. Right. Like, be my roly, Be my homie. Like As we like to call them, situationships. Not even a situationship. Yeah, the thing. Situationships aren't bad, though. I mean, situationships aren't bad. It's just, like, you respect me. I respect you. I want the benefits of a boyfriend without the actual responsibility. And I'm okay with that. And you know what that's called? Don't. A situationship. Listen, we we got to stop putting negative connotations on certain things. Because, for example, if you want the benefits without the commitment, first of all, most you date like most niggas. And, like, that's okay. <laughs> Wait, did you just call me Lori Harvey? Yes. Okay. I stand a queen. <laughs> she is out here collecting our Man Crush Mondays like Thanos rings or stones or whatever, infinity stones. She is out here really like, okay, well, I've had Future, I've had Trey, I've had Meek. And I'm just like, girl, I stand a queen. And, and, she, and she got this nigga Lewis Hamilton who's got more money than all of them niggas. Listen, but, she keep a bad bitch. I mean, if you knew what her, if you knew what her mom, who, who her mom Listen, was. Oh, yeah, we know her mama. Oh, she she was born a savage. Like, that was in her blood. That's, that's that Capricorn in her. You know what I'm saying? I can't She even, was going to do what she had to do. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a Capricorn. The I identified a Capricorn is, in Cap, and fellow Capricorns. Like. When I thought about it, and I was just like, so, when I really think about it, I'm like, Lori Harvey moves like me and my homegirls in a lot of different ways. We are, she's not committed to any of these men. The moment that these men do something embarrassing, she cuts them off. She's on to the next. And the crazy thing is that if she, if Lori Harvey was like a regular schmeck, Lori Harvey was me. Y'all be calling me a hoe. They called Lori Harvey a hoe. They called me a hoe too. But the problem, the difference is that neither one of us give a fuck. And to be honest with you, the reason why y'all call her a hoe and not the men that she's dogging, how, like, for instance, her relationship or situationship or future. She left the nigga with six baby mamas and six kids with, and with like dust. Paid him dust because he didn't know how to act. I stand. She's in a position where she don't have to put up with nobody's shit and she's not going to. I, a broke bitch, nowhere near Lori Harvey's status, operates in the same way. The Lori Harveys and the Rihannas of the world are literally teaching me how to date. I will say this, though. A lot of women out here standing with Lori Harvey, but but is in a relationship with a nigga who's single. Like, that's not... Like, I, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those things where... It can't be Uchibali and one mic. You, you feel me? It's one of... It's, it's similar to, like... The nigga stay in the future, but then have like five unread text messages from your from Woman Crush Wednesday talking about baby, please, baby. No, if you gonna keep that energy, let's keep that energy. Because I agree. Of y- and so, but like I completely agree. But th- that's the thing. I like the fact that she is really. I saw it on Twitter where it's just like she's gonna write a book, think like a man, and act like that nigga too. And I'm here for it. Absolutely. I think what I'm more here for is single women conducting themselves like single women with men who are also single. And it's not that these arbitrary boundaries that we put on during the quote unquote talking stage. No, I am single until you let me know that we're taking this relationship or unless I agree to take this relationship to the next level. Because a lot of times we find ourselves committing to situations that haven't been established. Like that whole faithful during the talking stage. That does not exist. Also, that's a good way to get your feelings hurt. I'm going to keep it 100 because here's the thing with me. I've been in multiple situationships over the past two and a half years. Um, 
But people who I've been in those situationships with, they know who they are. We still got love for each other to this day. Um, but the difference is, A, communication is always upfront and utmost in Transparent. the Transparency. And one of them, like, fell apart because she was transparent with me. She was like, look, I can't do this shit no more with you because I have I want something that you're not mm. mentally ready for. And I was Perfect like, you know what? You're right. Fucking segue. We want to talk about it? Yeah. Let, let's get to chopping this paper. So, I talk a lot of shit. We know. Favorite little shit talker. I don't get that nickname from nowhere. <laughs> so, it's like I don't get Kyrie Carver from nowhere. Because, baby. We're going to keep it honest. <laughs> so, here's the... All right. And maybe, like, you or somebody can, like, DM me later and help me out with this one. But I've been... I actively date. Right. And the men that I'm actively seeing also know that they are not the only man that I'm seeing. That's the one thing That's the that I have always been transparent about because I let you know where I'm at. I am not ready for exclusivity. I'm not ready for that. Like, and because I know that I feel like an upside down pyramid in a lot of different ways. Like, I'm, I'll be 28 this year. I already have the kid. I already have the career. Like, I've already been married. I What I want right now and the men my age want, they want what I've already been through. And I'm not ready to do that again. Right. So, in a lot of ways, I find myself like... It's, 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 it's like, and it's like, very... It's kind of like you... If we're playing the game in story mode, you've skipped to, like... It's like almost you're going through the story mode in reverse. So, it's like, like you said, up down, upside down pyramid. So, you've had... You know, the marriage, you have kiddo, you know what I'm saying? You have the solid career, you know, that you're still building upon. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So you have that. And now you're looking for the, 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 the quote unquote baseline shit, the love, the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, the, like the I'm, companionship. I'm ready for actual, I want to build, if I'm going to do anything, it needs to start off real slow. You got a baby step with me because the moment that I feel like you're, going too hard or you're doing too much or you're even pressing me i'm turned off like completely turned off there's nobody that i can say that like i'm like head over heels with because that's not what i want right and i have impeccable self-control and 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 i think at this point so we're 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 similar in age like you're maybe four to five months Mm -hmm. shocking i know (laughs) um and so at this point with a lot of men they've at the point now where they're sitting around it's like 27 28 maybe they have a kid maybe they don't they're starting to look like the old nigga in the club and they're starting to realize like nigga nothing is more sober nothing makes me want a relationship more than me being out on a friday night in Rascones and looking around and saying god damn man shit out here you feel me it's like looking around at the club or looking around on you know tinder or whatever social you know social media or dating app and you're like nigga this is left this is what i got to work with you know it makes I'm, you want to take your ass home, order takeout, and never go out again, bro. It makes you want to be like, like, listen, I gotta, fi- I gotta find one to get out, get out the game because the game, sometimes the game will pass everybody by. The top five or time is undefeated still. Still, the, the game will pass everyone by, and I think at this age, for a lot of us, even me, sometimes I'm looking around like, nigga, this is what I have left. They said somebody said, um, like, good girls are like parking spots off of good ones are taken, like. <laughs> Yo, y'all gotta relax. Re fucking relax. And so you look at it, and so I think that's where a lot of a lot of men, um, especially men who are maybe not fully in tuned 
with, you know, their mental and emotional beings yet because, you know, they haven't gone to therapy. Like, I've gone to therapy a little bit, right. so I'm able to kind of, like, detach. The crazy thing is about that I love about my therapist is that she definitely makes me a lot more self-aware. And she makes me, even in moments, like, I'm finding myself pausing in a moment and realizing and taking it in and realizing and honoring the feelings that I have in that moment, which made me realize that, like, I, back to my story, I was chilling with a shorty. Mm-hmm. And cool little shorty. I, I, you know, I'm vibing with the shorty. If I was in a different space, things between me and the shorty may be a little bit more different. But I... You're not, and you so what I... <laughs> right, I'm not, so I'm not. I ain't. And that's that on that. And he was just like... He mentioned the name of another shorty that I'm talking to. And I know these two men have nothing to do with each other. So in the back of my head, I'm just like, okay, Alex. <laughs> like, don't panic. Don't, don't panic. It's like that one Muffy meme with the two from Arthur with the two niggas you know each other that you fucking would dap each other up. Who listen, man. It was like one of those moments, except I know you don't know each other. But like the like the Drake lyric, I just see my ex girl standing with my next girl standing with the girl that I'm fucking right now. You live in Cincinnati long enough, you will run into that scenario. And so I'm standing there and it's not even like we're texting. But like we're we're face to face, like we're we're in each other's company at this moment. So you can't so even I'm like play this off like play like right. So I'm like, okay, Alex. First of all, we know I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So I'm like, check your face. So I smile because that's my natural reaction to everything is to like smile. And it was a genuine smile. And I went into like I never when it comes to you or anybody asking me about my sex life. Mm-hmm. And when I say sex life, my dating life, who I'm entertaining, look who I'm fucking again, any of that, like. I am very, I'm never going to give you a direct answer unless we've established we're at that level in our relationship. Oh, private, listen. listen private I, life is the best life. I don't, I don't tell niggas my income, I don't tell niggas my sex life, like, no, privacy is. Privacy is king. Privacy is king. So I went to asking, like, how, my question indirectly was, how does this, why does this matter to you if you know where your place is in my life? Because he doesn't. Okay, so so the problem, so so here's the thing with rosters, right? Because let's be all, we're all grown here. Everybody's had a roster. If you tell me there's no one on your roster, I'm going to call you a liar. And so. Because everybody's got somebody that they laying up with. Or at least someone you texting, at least someone you want to lay up with Somebody in the you're asking to take you out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, so everybody, so, but the problem is, is like when niggas aren't sure of their place in the roster like it's real awkward but it's it's a it's a it's a side effect of dating but if you're my main priority but i'm nigga number four to you that could fuck with you mm-hmm. like where or shout out this one year I, t- I took on a date and then she sent me a random ass cash request cash app request for her nails let me explain something to y'all right now and i don't give a fuck if it was a five cents to fifty dollars to five hundred dollars or i don't give a fuck the amount sending me a random cash out request is fucking rude it is so rude and the answer is no it's tacky and depending upon my mood i might cuss you out that is so rude so i saw and mind you so and so you know i share we'll share l because i was i went on a date cool blah 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 blah, blah. you know we texted a little bit you know she 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 younger and so, you know, I understand. What, Don't what, panhandle me through Cash App. But she said, bro, and this, mind you, she sent me, and this is why I advocate blocking a lot <laughs> of people um, on social media at least. So she sent me a random cash request, app request for like $7. And I'm like, I hit her with the, the looking eye emoji and the rum chin emoji, like, which is code for it. What the fuck are you asking <laughs> me for money for? Facts. And so, and so it's like her nails. I'm like, but then again, I'm also like, 
what the fuck is seven dollars gonna do for your nails? Seven dollars. If I walked into my nail tech and, and handed him seven dollars, he'd be like, "Is this from last week?" Or like, "What did you, you, you owe you, me you, money?" You see what I'm saying? So like then, so then I'm like, okay, cool. And so then, you know, this is why I advocate blocking people on social media. I, I start do I try to do a little scroll, and I'm like, huh. And then I see shorty because again, people will. If you give people enough rope, they will tell on themselves and they will hang themselves like Takashi Six Nine. <laughs> and so I see, it and she's like, basically, I guess what she wanted to do was split up the cost of her nails, girl, through all the niggas that she made have been entertaining or thought she was entertaining or whatever the case may be, right? That's why the cash app request was $7 instead of the full cost of a nail. So, wait. Because in my head, all right. So, I'm doing the math. No, chalk it out because I I want you to get to where I'm at. Because I'm doing the math. In my head, depending upon how I want my nails, that's a $60 manicure. So, if I divide, if $7, what? Maybe. Let's make the math easier. Let's make the math easier. Maybe it was just it's just a manny, not the petty. Let's do let's. No, because if it's a petty, that we're definitely pushing like eighty, a hundred dollars. So it's the man, it's just and that's only if I'm not getting a full set plus a manicure, and if I'm not getting shellac on both. Like, cause if I would, okay, being realistic, if I needed a full set on my hands and I get a pedicure, I always get shellac on my toes. Like I'm looking at a hundred and fifty dollars for my hands and my nails. Right. If it's just a fill in plus the pedicure, I always get shellac on both. I'm looking at eighty dollars. Right. So you mean to tell me I'm going to split up $7 between the men that I'm talking to and that one man. First of all, why are you panhandling through Cash App? Why? It's one thing if my man offers me or a man I'm talking to. Okay, so let me back up. If this is a man that's my man or something like that, I should be able to go to my man and ask him for pedicure money and, and accept whatever answer he gives me or whatever. But if this is not a man I'm talking to like that, like that, we haven't established that kind of relationship and he didn't offer to pay for my nails. I'm not begging you for shit. I go to work every day. And I think this is the reason my dad never let me trick or treat because I was taught not. I was in a whole time logic coming from from what? You know what I mean? Like I was. You never take a handout. You know what I mean? Talking about handouts and but no, I was. I was taught not to do that. I was taught not to beg people to do things like that for me. If it's a service that I want done for myself, my hair, my nails, going shopping, anything, I would do that myself. Nine times out of ten, if a man wanted to pay for my nails or to pay for my hair or something, he offered that. And, I th- and so there's a, there's a song um, by T Pain, uh, T I, and I think Akon called "It Ain't Me." And and and, and, and T before Ti's verse, it's off, it's, off, it's in a song from 08. But it was like he said something like, "The girl who asked for everything, especially if we not fucking or talking, will get nothing. But the girl who asked for nothing gets everything. Because if you gonna let me, if you want me to do it." You got to at least trick it and make it make, 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 you, make me think it's my idea. Or not. I mean, and that's the other part about it. Like, I, but I was always taught that. Like, I, the guy, one of the guys I was dating, I had, was explaining to him how I broke a nail, like, at work. Because we met up right after work for happy hour and one of my nails was broken. He was like, he asked me the story behind it. I was like, I was helping out in the department, yada, yada, yada. The next day, I woke up to nail money. That's one thing. Because he, that's his initiative. Right. But, like. The other night, like um, a couple weeks ago, I was getting my hair done. One of my shorties FaceTimed me. I said, I'm getting my hair done. And he was just like, okay, well, FaceTime me after you get your hair done. FaceTime him. He was like, oh, that's cute. How much was it? I'll go half what you wanted. That sort of thing. And a lot of times men will provide for you if they know that you can already do it yourself. That's nigga. That's free game, bro. That's free. Niggas will provide for you. For instance, I've 
since I've had Griselda, since I've had all my cars, I've always paid my own car notes. I've always paid my own insurance. One of my niggas was just like, oh, well, if you can do X, Y, and Z, if you can help me out with X, Y, and Z, I'll pay your car note this month. Okay, cool. Because it's the offer. It's not that, and it's not like these men are just like, it's not that if I needed the help that it wouldn't be there. But you have to already establish that relationship. Right. A lot of y'all go out on these one single ass dates and expect niggas to just be tricking off. And it's on work that way. And not to be funny, but y'all not giving up enough. There's no return on investment with that. Like, okay, so am I, so I look at... And it ain't got to be sexual. I'm, let I'm me let me preface saying. that. It does not have to be sexual. But a lot of times you go on these dates, me as a woman, and I've seen it, and I've even checked one, one or two of my homegirls about it. Like, you go on these bland-ass dates, you're half-ass interested, and you expect for these niggas to just turn their pockets inside out. And that's not how that works. Okay, I'm glad you said return on investment, right? So as a man, as a, okay, as a cis, heterosexual man... Look at you learning words. God is good, ain't he? Uh, shout, shout out to the homies who keep me in line. Um, so I understand that like dating is an investment, right? Like I am secure enough financially, and if I ask you, I'll pay whatever the case may be. Also, because I'm gonna do my research and make sure that I, you, you ain't getting fucking something outside of my my planned budget. That's also the case. I've asked a man out on a date and fully expected to pay. And so, but we're talking about return on investment. So we're talking about, like, look, I understand, like, that's a risk I take. In this society, to go on the first date, certainly never call you again, never text you again, but, and, you know, you're out of however much you spend on that thing. Profit loss margins. You know what I'm saying? Profit loss margins. We call it a, it's a suck cost. Like, if you're going to pay it in any way, shit happens. Now, like, we talk about return on investment. See, my uh, couple OGs told me that a good girl is an investment. A good quality quality girl, quality girl's an investment. A bad bitch a bill. You know what I'm saying? We pay, you pay the same money on both, yeah. but but the investment has the potential to bring back more for you. Now, and I understand every behind every great man is a good woman. So here's the my dad taught me. See, my dad was giving me free game. I had a real pops. Mm-hmm. I mean, real pops. And a shout out to all the men in my life that also have been about they shit as well and invested into molding the women like me and the women in my in my friend group. And they were just like, listen, you want to pass a real bitch test. There are a couple things that you could do. For instance, by the third date, you should be offering to pick up this app. If this is your third outing together, even if he asks you out, you should be offering to at least handle the drinks or a portion of said date. I can't argue with that, bro. By the third, now the the first outing, he asked you, which is why, unless I really want to do this thing with you, I rarely ask out on first. If I ask you out on a first date, it's because I've been feeling you for a minute and I grew the balls to shoot my shot. And nine times out of ten, and I can only speak for me, if I'm shooting my shot, it's because like I nine times out of ten know you're gonna bite. And that's not me being arrogant. It's because I've already felt the vibes. If you know what the vibes is, you know what the vibes is. You know, you know what I'm saying? saying? I like, already felt the vibe. So, boom. Now, if it's like, okay, by the third date, all right, by the fifth or sixth date, you should be asking for the next interaction. That lets him know that you're just as interested in him as you are. Right. The second thing is every now and then shoot him a good morning. Every now and then you initiate the contact. Honestly, all right, so let's you want to get to story time? Let's oh, I love story time with Calvin. <laughs> story time with Calvin. So, all right, so it's so I remember. So, this is my my Leo ex. Um, yikes, who child? No, I think we both have a Leo ex. 
child. My ex-husband was a Leo. I've had history. It didn't with work Leos. out. Listen, Leo, <laughs> I don't out. understand why, but Leos are Sagittariuses and Aquariuses all love and hate me at the same The crazy time. thing is I attract a lot I of attract Aquarius. a lot of I attract a lot of Leos. I attract a lot of Aquariuses and I'm trying to figure out what it is. You know what it is? My dad's an Aquarius, so there are qualities in Aquarius men that I'd be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like cuz even Kiddo's father is an Aquarius. My father is an Aquarius. A couple of my exes have been Aquariuses. There's something about y'all energy I love and hate at the very same time. That's I think that's me with Leos and some Sagittariuses. But back to so Leo X, right? We're talking like fresh out of college. Like we had kind of started right before we graduated because we're dumb as fuck. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She live in Columbus. I live in I live down here. Like just tr- young trash ass mentality. Oh, this should be fun. So, but I noticed. I kept, I kept inter, like interacting first, like making the first call, making the first text, right? Calling her when I'm done with my work. And so, again, this is young, stupid me who decides I'm a tester instead of communicating like an adult oh because my God. this is this is fresh out of college. Me. Testing women or testing your partner never works. Never, Don't do that. Never fucking works. And here's why it didn't work. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to see if she texts me first, right? You know, whatever. <laughs> Get what a week without speaking. <laughs> you hear me? What a week without speaking because I wasn't the one to text her first. I mean, that lets you know where you're at with things. Facts, and then uh, you know it hurt. It hurt, but that we, definitely lets you know where you're at with it, things. It hurt like hell, bro. And then like the actual quote unquote breakup conversation hurt like hell. But I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And so, so I look at it like this as as coming from a guy, coming from a straight man. Like, look, a while. As you said, we want to know that you fuck with us like we fuck with you. And for us, it's like at least offering to pay for a date or planning a date. I have definitely planned a couple dates. And in my head, it was just like, for me, here it is. Because I have a gaggle of ideas. A cornucopia, if you will. (laughs) A platform. And I think that, like, in my head, it's like, okay, I want to go on this really cute date. Who would I know that in the men that I talk to, I know I would enjoy this experience with the most based upon what I do or don't know about you. Mm -hmm. And then I come to this like this crossroads of, okay, is it do I want to put you on to something? Will it be worth it if I did that? I hate hate putting people on and then it don't work out. And then now you got some of my juice. Like you put like, give me back my dope music. I'll let you. I put you on to give me back my slang. Nigga, like run that shit back. You can't take your new bitch to the restaurant. I put you on to. You can't do that. Out here, out here, out here, showing your new nigga this this dope ass mixtape off an of artist. I put you on. He's like, I oh didn't, my god, you got such great taste, bitch. That's me. That's me. And you don't have great taste, nigga. Actually, I'm not gonna hold you. One of my exes put me on to like. One of my exes put me onto an artist, Division, as a matter of fact. We need a new project, Division, by the way. By the way, we're at your neck like a Rihanna fan. We want our new music. Because I was, I was listening, definitely listening to Division before we pulled up here. No cap. No cap. No cap. But no, he put me on a Division. And now, when I listen to um, any Division work or project, whatever, I think about them. On a river couple, river couple women who damn one one woman damn ruined Rihanna for me because she's. Of Rihanna stand and then like she she upped a baby on the kid, but um, yeah, childish. Um, she upped a baby on the kid, and so she <laughs> damn near re- damn near ruined Rihanna for me. Another one damn near ruined. Call your ass, Jon Snow. 
I ain't even on. I ain't even there yet. Don't, don't ruin it for me. I'm about to finish season two tonight. Shut the fuck out. But Sorry. Yeah, she, she up the bro. Like again, story time. So like, mind you, we talking, we fucking with each other, heavy. Only and this is again, this is younger me. This is like maybe tw- I was still in college. Um, so 2013 maybe. Um, talking with each other, fucking with each other. Only reason he's not my girlfriend because I still want to do a traditional way of asking her in person instead of asking her through text message. So I had a really cute way and like recently I'm, I'm not going to put myself out there but one of the guys I was talking to actually did ask me to be his girlfriend and I told him no hold that fuck and so I didn't ask it right because we ain't going to talk about you shooting down my niggas but I understand don't that. do that and don't I explain, and, I, thing, I understand it because we I know you and I, know I also explained to him like why and he completely understood we're still friends like we still hang out yeah I am a little bit so it was just so, terrible timing. Terrible timing because, but you can't, he, he can't control that. Um, So, you know, only reason she's not my girlfriend because I want to ask a person to the brute text message because I thought like, you know, trying to be traditional about the shit. Shorty goes ghost. Go, <gasps> goes Casper. Goes Zero Danny, dark Thanos. 30. Zero dark 30. Dating Thanos. Who? <laughs> I don't feel so good. Snap. And so then I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay. Calvin, grow up. I'm like, all right. Okay. You know, again. Even that, even college me was like charged to the game. It hurts, but you know it is what it is. So then, this again, why advocate blocking everyone you like or and or fuck with on all social media? She pops up on Facebook with a pregnancy announcement. And mind you, I know for a fact that ain't my kid. Yikes! I'm not gonna tell you. I just know for a fact that ain't my child. Ain't no way. Eyes the pappy boss. Not eyes. <laughs> Not my kid. So I'm like, wow. That's crazy. For real. Boy, I cussed her out, called her every name but a child of God. Don't do How do you get to cuss her out? Y'all weren't in a relationship. Because, Calvin. like, you ghosted me, fucked your ex, and then announced a pregnancy. Sounds like her prerogative. And niggas do it all the time. It's the evil world we live in. And guess what? They, they get cussed out, too. No. Sounds like you got you in your bag. Go- Sounds like Calvin got in his bag about something he had no right to be in his bag about. She and deserved it. She did not deserve to get cussed out. She Y'all I was deserved to get ghosted either. So no. do wrongs make her do wrongs make her right. So you just out here cussing girls out because she got twenty co- twenty thirteen he was. But that wasn't your baby, so you dodged the bullet anyway. Oh no. Look I'm, at you out here. I'm thankful. And now but again, we're talking about twenty thirteen me. Oh yeah, hell yeah, I cussed her out because I mean, free. you know what? I can't even hold you. I upped the marriage. So, like, I got married and, like, niggas was like, when the fuck? I thought I still. <laughs> I got cussed out definitely. Got, by men that I hadn't even talked to in years. I didn't. Even, I had not even talked to him. Now, mind you, really? I, de- I definitely got engaged pretty quickly. But, like. Up in a marriage and up in a baby. I think up in a baby's worse. Especially if I know it ain't mine. Nah, up in a marriage is pretty worse. It's, it's pretty bad. Oh, no, up in the marriage is bad. I'm not, I'm not saying it's pretty good. Bad. Pretty bad. But I'm trying to figure out. And when I say my inbox blew up. Oh, yeah. Blew up. Like, when the fuck did you get married? And I'm like, where have you been? I've been posting this nigga for a while now. Like, anyway. Um, but no, story time for Calvin is always a blast. <laughs> I cannot. Listen, speaking of, speaking of things that, you know, we need to discuss upon. Can we- men be a catch? Where were you getting at with that? So I saw so a couple weeks ago, I saw someone post a question for his podcast. Mind you, so this is why I know people on Twitter don't fucking read. Cause he posed a question. He said, So, you know, I'm single, own car, own house, no kids. 
are we the catch question mark so here's the thing and when i tell you he didn't say he was the catch or he was a girl or whatever the case may be when i tell you twitter went and started ripping this nigga from limb from limb thanos snapping this nigga's whole entire life you're but let me explain why that because i know niggas with all the qualification all those those materialistic ass qualifications those are not personality traits those are just things that you happen to accomplish as a grown-ass person. Things that you should have as a grown-ass person. Mm-hmm. Your own car, your own place, your own things, your own this, your own that. Listen, as long as you're not begging me up a wall, I don't care what you got going on for the most part. But it's like this. It's it's just like this. What you have, your your earthly mm-hmm. possessions are not personality traits. That does not tell me who you are when we in the mud. That does not tell me who you are when you're stressed. That does not, you know what I mean? That does not prove to me that when the going gets tough... Where are, is it fight or fight? Where are you at with things? So, yeah, you can have all your own car and your own clothes and your own this and that and take care of whatever responsibilities you as a man accumulated so you as a man should be taken care of. Like, you get no cookies from me from that. Okay, so a couple, couple things. So when I say that, right, I'm just going to say it. Fuck being polite. All right. The same way that a lot of these niggas have, like, my beard is my personality, because <laughs> if you shave that shit off <laughs> and, and, but, and it's the same reason that a lot of these niggas who have who have what people consider quote unquote basics or have their shit together think they're the catch is because of the slander campaign from women and the reason why is because women because clearly that men ain't gonna tell about themselves men how do say, we get how, how let, do we get let, here let, let, let me follow let me follow me here follow me here so we talked about and even the stats show how much, especially because again, the conversation and the topics from women was like how how much it meant most men don't have like broke ass niggas, you bum ass niggas, you ain't got this, got that. Like a lot of y'all niggas out here doing this and that. You know what I'm saying? Like sharing this and sharing that. And so because because of that, who because, do y'all talk to? We're talking in general social media, right? And so and, and a lot of it is social media driven because if you go out, if you step outside these walls, a lot of the shit that y'all talk about, mad different, but. I'm, this is what I'm saying. So because of a, a lot of people, a lot of women said like, "Man, y'all niggas out here broke. Y'all niggas ain't ain't got no ain't got no car out here begging this and the third. And we're like, "Oh, niggas out here like that. I'm not like that. So I'm clearly must be above this percentage of niggas." Or we talk about the statistics that show that like only I think 42 percent of black men black men have a bachelor's degree, or only like 30% make over X amount of money. And while we want those numbers to be higher, right? Mm-hmm. We want those numbers to be higher. So we see that. And then someone like me or someone who, you know, is like, well, I make over that much money. I have this. Like, by the numbers say, I'm in the minority. That's why I understand how, why a lot of black women hate the dating scene in Atlanta. Because in Atlanta, if you aren't in the industry, or trying to sell a mixtape, be a SoundCloud rapper, party promoter, Relax, whatever. The, love it. Or you're not, and this is no shout to all of my members of the LBGTQ community, but if you're not gay or I want to download in Atlanta, if you meet, meet those two qualifications, you're straight and you have a corporate job, in Atlanta, you are legitimately the minority. And from what, and this is not from what I believe, because this is what from all my homegirls who live in Atlanta tell me. So here's the thing. That's why I what think you that's have. Happened. I'm not saying it's right, but that's why that's the narrative. It's because of the shit we hear that says like, "Oh, 
none of y'all niggas ain't got shit. So we're like, well, if I do have shit, I must be in a minority because y'all tell me a lot of these niggas don't have shit. What I'm saying is, regardless of what you do and don't have, those are not personality traits. Those are not going to keep me around. It's a great qualification because I definitely want a man that can match. You know, just like just like attractiveness in general is not personality. Match right. that energy. Bro, because listen, my friends dog me for dating medium ugly men. <laughs> okay, also, if you think I'm medium ugly, don't ever tell me to my face. I wish, bro. Now, if, if, but like they if dog my me. Woman, if my woman girls woman they told me, me I was medium ugly, we have to fight. But they dog me for that shit. And the problem is like, listen. Okay, so they may not be your quintessentially like, gore, like oh my god, these Adonis ass men. But Shout like Michael B. Jordan, and I see the black girl you're dating. I see you, boy. You keep shouting him out. This is the second time on this platform. You have, stop it. Continue. Anyway, my bad. So, but their personalities are fucking amazing, mm-hmm. and the key to my heart is laughter. If you can make me laugh through something, if you can make me see the humor in something, like you've got my attention. Because I'm people, a silly motherfucker. A lot of people, listen, that's I'm why, a damn clown, actually. But more, but see, that's why ugly niggas need to be funny. Because the more she laughs, the more eyes are closed, unless she can realize that you may not be the cutest if you laugh so. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You gotta be. If you're ugly, you gotta have a bomb sense of humor and you gotta smell good. Because I refuse. Listen, you can't I, be ugly no. and bitter. You cannot. Like, and, and that goes for women, too. You can't be out here smacked and bitter. You can't be ugly and a terrible person. Choose your struggle. So I just think that, once again, the worldly possessions that you have are not personality traits. Like, because you can have... I know some millionaire niggas that are fucking trash. Like, literally, their personalities suck. Them as human beings suck. Like, and you're just used to women being around you because you got money. You're a millionaire. Or you got money. Or you got some influence. Or you got some pull somewhere. And clout is worse than cocaine. Again, Takashi. So it's just like a lot of y'all, like, that's what you want. And that's what you're attracted to. You're not attracted to genuine people, and it shows. Mm. Like, I'd rather be sitting up underneath a nigga who's not the prettiest, but he takes damn good care of me. And he's got his he's got his head on straight, and he's securing himself. And there's her, you being secure in you makes you secure in us. And that's and that's some shit that pretty can't can't get me nowhere. I agree. I th- but, but you asked that. So, like, I do think... I think men can be a catch just like women can be a catch. Like, if a nigga got his shit together, you know what I'm saying, got to, has a personality to match his shit being together. See, I don't think I'm medium cute, ugly. I think I'm medium cute. I, like, I, I know for a damn, I know for a fact I'm not the baddest bitch in the room, but I have personality, I'm a hustler, I'm sweet, I'm genuine, I make my own money, and I take care of my own responsibilities. So that was going to... But see, that right there is enough for me to be secure in Alex. Whoever doesn't or does not want to see that, that's not my fault. That's not even... That's got shit to do with me. I don't have to be the cutest bitch in the room. I'm good enough for me. Number one. Number two, I was taught in college that you're supposed to get you a six and build anyway. (laughs) Because even... Listen. All right. So, okay. Truth be told, a lot of y'all niggas, and I'm talking talking to the men and some of the women here, a lot of y'all niggas aren't mentally secure enough to handle that nine or ten you think you want. Crazy thing is that, woo, child, you said a lot right there. Because a lot of y'all get with these women. That are the, the, that the are, dream girls. You get with your, your woman crush Wednesdays, and then you're upset because y'all expect her to dim herself or become docile Dolly. But you met her pumped up. Like, you met her you in were, her you, element. You are, you are attracted to the light. 
and and, and now that you got to like you listen, do you think she you think she stopped being fine just because you got with her? You think niggas are gonna stop DMing her just because you got with her? Let's Did be honest with you. Honestly think that your woman crush Wednesday stopped being fine as fuck just because she with you now? Just just like you know what I'm just like that's similar like if, be, if you a funny nigga, like you get you get, you your girl falls falls before you for humor, and now she mad that people still laugh at your jokes. Like he ain't that funny. Yes, no, I am. He's damn right, fucking hilarious. <laughs> yes, I am. He's this funnier is... now because he with your clown ass. Honestly, <laughs> like, I'm but, the, but that's the crazy thing. Like y'all really do get with these women and expect them to dim themselves or become. And I know that feeling. Like I saw it today, and it was like triggering as fuck. Cause bro, I'm, I I pride myself on having a very vibrant personality, mm-hmm. and then when I get was like. A partner, an ex of mine. I had an ex of mine that really expected me to just like be less because we were together, and I'm like, nah, that's that's not how that works. You were confident enough to get me. You were confident enough to to have me. Then you need to keep that same energy and have those expectations. And the other thing about it is, I you cannot find your happiness in me. Hey, okay. And the second thing before we get on, we get off the topic, a lot of y'all niggas, and again, niggas is gender neutral, <laughs> just like sis is. That's a different discussion. Y'all don't. Y'all never use sis. Sis is definitely gender neutral. It's also not positive. If guys are, if you guys is gender neutral, so is sis, dude. But you never call me sis in a positive light. Never. Sis comes before or after shade every time. You're right. So that's why I like don't call me sis because I know there's bullshit coming or there's bullshit that just preceded it. You're right. Anyway, but a lot of y'all. Are expecting to find happiness and or completion in someone other than yourself. And that's why you're never happy or complete in your relationship. Because I can't love you more than you love you. I can't fuck with you more than you fuck with you. And I had to understand that for myself because I was that person who ain't really fuck with himself. And then try to figure out why the person I was talking to ain't fuck with me. Nigga, how can someone else love you or be shown how to love you, be shown how to appreciate you, be shown how to treat you properly when you're not showing, you're not doing that for yourself? It, we. That's why I also get mad at the people who say, I'm not teaching my man, I'm not teaching my girl how to treat me. What the fuck? Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, first and foremost, every person is different. The same shit that may work on you may not work on the next person and vice versa. So the arrogance, the unmitigated gall that to think that your nigga or your girl is just going to magically know every little move about you and every little trigger. That's why there's that's an, some the importance of effective communication and the importance of being able to listen you co-switch in every everyday life your relationship is no different if my love language is words of affirmation and your love language is acts of service then i need to be able to speak your language and I, yeah like, like okay i need to be told how much you love me and appreciate me which you you want to be shown and that may come from doing the little things for me it's telling me reaffirming who i am to you and you that's that's what finding that's what being secure in yourself is because you're not feeling like me giving to my partner takes away from me i'm just saying like who child but speaking of being taken away we, we got to talk 21, on 21 um sir sir savage for 21st <laughs> um First of his name. The first of his name. House of Trap Niggas. <laughs> the, 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 Lord, the Lord of a Slaughter Gang. Um, so, for so those who are not aware, uh, 21 Savage, um, his real name is really complicated, and I don't want to mess it up. But, I ain't doing all that. But 21 Savage was 
So the original operation was trying to get his brother or his cousin, Young Nudie, who's like related to 21 Savage by the Atlanta PD. And so when they did that, ICE, the immigration police pretty mm-hmm. much, came and grabbed up 21 Savage and is trying to deport 21 Savage because he is, he's, they're saying he's a legal alien from the United Kingdom. Now, of course, we saw that on the afternoon of the Super Bowl, jokes flew. But, flew. but because jokes fly before the facts. But the facts are is that he's from an island in the Caribbean. That is still a, a United Kingdom territory. Yeah, so... And, and that he moved to Atlanta, I think... He moved to the United States when he was, like, maybe six, seven, eight years old right. with his family. Mm-hmm. They had overstayed their work visas, according to, you know, different reports out there. And so they moved to Atlanta, mm-hmm. in Zone 6, to be exact. Um, they had overstayed their work visas, and so he didn't know that he was even... Illegal. Illegal, because, like, if you move over back young, you're not really aware of how that You're not shit. responsible for you're that. You're not responsible and or aware of how that shit You're not responsible and for so, that. And so then, you know, he, as he gets older, gets, you know, becomes 21 Savage for real, literally travels to do shows in Hong Kong and Canada, so that means he clearly has a passport. Because if, if there's two places that you cannot go with, a pa- with no passport and get China. back China. Asia. They will keep your black ass there. Keep you right where you at. <laughs> they have no problems in saying, sir, this belongs to us now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Do not pass go. They Do have no problems in keeping your ass so, right there. So so that whole thing is a little iffy as far as like, hey, you know, that's concerned. But according to reports, t- 21 applied for a visa, a U visa, two years ago. Right. And it's been in red tape and bullshit and bu- bureaucracy since Ever then. since. The other part that sounds fishy to me is 21 has been arrested. For felony drug conviction. Felony drug convictions. Which means that we didn't pull his immigration status then. Because if you're on an expired visa and you get arrested for a felony drug conviction, that usually equals, hey, go ahead, go ahead sit over here. Since, since you don't know how to act, we're going to send you back. And also, that case got expunged. The other question I have is, all right. Where's 21 Savage's mama? Because he didn't get over here by himself. Are, are we deporting her too? And if we're not deporting her, does, does she have citizenship and he doesn't? How does that and work? how does that work? So, jokes aside, because to be honest with you, we all let them jokes, them 21 Savage jokes fly. But there's nothing funny about um, detainment. And especially because detainment, like, they have, if you don't know. Kids are literally dying in the same detainment centers. Fact. So, this celebrity and not like pray or, or you know wish him luck or whatever you believe in to 21 Savage because detainment they got that man on lockdown 23 hours a day with no communication besides calls to his lawyers and they what they can do in in the deportation detainment cases they can delay your bail hearing for months and try to pressure you just to give up your rights go back to your quote unquote home country because they got you in Conditions that are often worse than actual American jails and prisons. So this is a problem that I have. And it, again, we talk about immigration reform and prison reform. The, the, once again, my biggest issue that I'm having is that the conditions that we're keeping actual. He's a citizen. He was, he's been in America since maybe six, he was six or seven. He's years old. a citizen. So what I'm learning and what, what I'm starting to realize is that ICE is now... What makes me so safe? And my birth certificate clearly says United States. Stanford, Connecticut, United States. 
So, and if you look on your birth certificates, because 21 Savage's situation made me check my shit, because, you know, my parents are finesseful. So, I was like, okay, no, I was definitely born here. Like, I can definitely go back to my hospital, like, in Connecticut and know what, you know what I mean? Like, I was born here. And it's weird to me, because what is stopping ICE from snatching up my black ass and saying, I don't live here, and then making me prove that I'm an American citizen? Wow. You're on 23-hour lockdown and only have 10 minutes per day to talk to whoever you need your lawyers or whoever on the outside is my lawyers my mother my kid like and also and so people talk about like well he's wealthy right they not even allow him to have the bail hearing so he can use his wealth to get the fuck out right he gotta fight that from behind the cell so when i look at the tony one savage situation my heart actually like was like that's extremely fucked up and as as twitter is wont to do we make jokes first because of the shock of like, wait, he's from the UK. Like that shocked everybody. It was and it was it was perfect timing because it was right before the Super Bowl. Everybody was on their phones. Ain't really have shit to do, and it came out during the Super Bowl in Atlanta. But we had nothing else better. To had do. nothing else to better to do but make memes. And again, that's for uh, that's for how we deal with things. We laugh about it. However, someone who did fuck up <laughs> royally. Ooh, all right. So I'll touch on it. Go ahead. And this hurts because I'm such a fan of hers. And But see, the moment that I tell myself that I'm a fan of a white woman, they do some white woman shit. And it makes me, like, want to bite my tongue off. But, so Demi Lovato tweeted that... The best part of the, the Super best Bowl. part of the Super Bowl was the 21 Savage memes. And black Twitter was like, excuse me, little bitch. And so, of course, what I caught was that Wale, because I follow both accounts. Right. Wale was like, um, excuse me, ma'am, like being detained is not a joke like that's not funny and Demi Lovato like attacked her I mean attacked Wale and Wale was like bro like remember when you were down I don't believe in kicking nobody when I'm down like I when they're you. down I didn't kick you when you were down and I can see that you saw my old tweets I hope you saw the same ones of me wishing you well and Demi Lovato deactivated and was like oh my god this is why I hate Twitter da, 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 da. so my take on this is this there's two parts there's two parts I got black Twitter Basically, was like, bro, you crackheaded ass bitch. Like, go sit your little fat. Like, go sit your ass down somewhere before you before you relapse. Again. Before you relapse, or you can you can't stand the heat from Twitter, but you can stand the heat from the spoon. Like, y'all went in. Like, it kind of went the whole like like it was like a roasting session, and when when someone hits, like, I know your ass. Ain't I right. know your ass ain't talking right. So it's like you're all sitting around at the Twitter table, and we going in on twenty one, and then the one person who got no business speaking says something, and, and be like, I know your ass ain't talking. And start letting her have it. So here's the thing. There's two takes on that. Number one, Demi, Miss, Mrs. Lovato, you can sing your little ass off, but you definitely propelled into like your your pristine white womanness the moment that you got some heat. That you got some heat. Cause yeah. then you deactivated and then you made it seem like we were wrong because you hopped in a conversation you had no business hopping into, number one. Number two, black the black community is like, bro, Calvin, I can light your ass up. The moment that somebody who ain't got no business being a part of this hero stumps in, I'm putting on their ass too. This some shit is for us by us. And the moment that others like Demi Lovato's and your and typical white people start hopping into black conversations. Oh yeah, you like, get, like Mike, you Mike, Mike, Michael Rappaport. You know what I'm saying? He had, he had was like, oh, so Cardi can turn down the Super Bowl. Yes, nigga, she can turn down the Super Bowl. Mind your damn business. Yes, we're not talking to you, and you need to understand You're that. A visitor. You're a visitor of the culture. You're not part of the culture. You can get your ass removed at any damn time. Please. The other part about it is this: we let the crackhead jokes fly on Whitney, DMX, Bobby, Bobby. Who else? 
Shit. Wayne. Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. We let the crack crackhead jokes fly. But because we're talking about Demi Love, hell, I even saw some crackhead jokes about Mac Miller. Like, we let. Rest in peace, K. Rest in peace, all of them. Well, Whitney and Mac. and But the crate, like, we let them jokes fly because it was us by us. But because this white woman has something to say about it and we let the crackhead jokes fly on her, now we're taking things too far. It can't be Uchiwali and one mic. And so, but the but problem with Demi, the main problem that, and I saw uh, Dragonfly Jones tweet of this, her timing was off. Because by the time she made a joke, or, or you know, mentioned the jokes, we had, we had passed, it was, you know, it's a back, we had passed the joking part, and, and we're like, wait, this nigga's detained by ICE? We, we were in the, damn, this fucked up stage. If you said that same statement during the like, while we're still getting these jokes off, you might have been, you might have been able to. She might have been okay, but like everyone at this point was like, wait, mm, not even that, damn. not even, not even that for real, for real. Because in my head, it's like, girl, regardless, she entered a conversation for heat that she couldn't stand, and that's the problem. Even if she would have just joked it off, like you know what, guys, for in all honesty, like my bad, what's going on is really fucked up, but the jokes are funny. I would respect it. I would respect that exactly. <laughs> I would, but instead, she cowered. She tucked her little white tail. And the crazy thing is that white woman's tears are fucking... They, they, what, they weaponize her victimhood. And that's why I say and, white women are dangerous. Every day. And she weaponized the fuck out of her white womanness. And I'm pissed off about it because it's like, damn, bitch, I was a fan. I'm I like... I'm, Bro, you I'm know how many black women was bumping Sorry Not Sorry when it came out? Bro, you know how... Listen, her album, what was it? It was her album where she had lost all that weight. Cool for the Summer, whatever album that's on. I think the album name is Cool for the Summer. But that's the thing. I was a fan of a fan. Like, I fucked with her. And then she came out of her mouth and said something dumb. So not the... And it makes me want to walk back my fandom. Because it's like the moment that you get yourself in the hot water, like... You really you remember that you're a white woman. You get to remember that you're a white woman and that you're still speaking about the detainment of a black man. And I think that's where she forgot. I think that's where she fucked up. Because at the end of the day, you still have to have the cognitive awareness to know what you're joking about in order to partake in the joke. And that's why the black community, we can roast our niggas all day because at the end of the day, the same people roasting him are the same people rallying for him. Oh, like it's yeah, like free twenty one. Honestly, and for those who aren't, you know, maybe not aware, like Slick Rick went through a similar situation and like we're talking about like in court, detained for for like a year, like mm-hmm. trying to deport him, like all of this stuff. Honestly, if I'm Tony One's team, I'm trying to get with Slick Rick's team. Like, how the fuck y'all beat this? Because through all intensive purposes, Tony One is a citizen here. Not only is he a citizen, but he's not. He's, he's a part of our culture. He's a part of a culture, and he's making positive impacts in Atlanta and for the culture and he's starting and he's starting to like really wake up which is which makes everything a little more shaky because again I hate to be this conspiracy guy but like not only did he just sign a deal to own his masters not only is he starting to kind of really wake up like in the extended version of a lot like he's talking about Flint he's talking about immigration he's talking about like these things that we aren't necessarily used to from 21 and not only is he doing all these things now is now y'all want to come and lock him up? Not when he was getting the, the drug charge at fourteen, where y'all would have had every right to get to the guy. Right. Here. And also, side note: speaking of trash ass white women, can we stop giving Thomas Lauren, Tommy, Tony, whatever fuck her name is, country in twenty nineteen? Can we please? And I mean, when I say like stop supporting her, stop retweeting fans quote, that are cla- like our celebs that clap back that and clap stop back at trying her. To quote stop. Twitter. Giving her a platform because she she 
she's almost like the perverse version of Sean King. And actually, she is a perverse version of Sean King because... We sure they're not the same person? They might be brother and sister. They might be. Because um, they both profit off of black trauma. And just one person pretends to care about the other person. Like, and mind you, same same white woman who was rapping along with the 21 Savage lyrics a couple years ago, but I'm going to sleep. I'm, I'm sleep. Um, the same white woman who was posted up next to Charlemagne. But I'm asleep. Um, and so, but... But that's shocking. But I'm asleep. Um, but here's the thing. If you understand social media and you understand, like, engagements, mind you, Thomas Lauren, because I'm not even going to use her real name because fuck that bitch. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to use the word bitch, but fuck her. No, um, fuck her. Thomas Lauren got fired from her actual network TV gig at the Blaze or whatever channel. She got fired from it. Like, she didn't, she got fucking let go. So now, the only way she is able to pay her bills is through her social media following and making those videos in her wherever the fuck she makes her video on that. Because I don't watch not narrative. So let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. Why did Thomas Lauren get fired, you say? She got fired because somebody asked her about abortion and and women's health care. And she actually was in support of pro-choice. And the Blaze fired her. Because the Blaze is a extremely right wing media station, right? Extremely right wing. So of course, the moment that Tommy Lauren started to make some fucking sense, like started like, to actually speak her own true beliefs, instead of just parroting the nonsense that's being fed to her, like John McCain's fuck, daughter, they, they got, got her the fuck, fuck up out of here. here. They got her the fuck up out of here. And so, and so, but a that was a lesson to Th- to Thomas Lauren. That, hey, you know the money is insane bullshit. And B that forced her to kind of go on her own. So all of the, so mind you, Tommy Lauren is still making money. But the only way she can make money is through social media engagements because that's how she ties in, like, ad buys and, like, sponsorships. They look at her engagements. They look at, like, the impression that her tweets reach, and that's how she's able to charge X amount of money. I I graduated with a degree in marketing. I'm not just pulling the shit out of my ass. And so every time... Cardi B or Nikki or Wale or any, any one of our cultural people quote retweet or the clapback and re-retweet that shit that gets her more engagements that makes her look more appealing to the sponsors that she needs to answer to to pay her bills that's why if you really want to get Thomas Lauren the entire fuck mute out of that here, little bitch you don't clap back at her you ignore her you you mute her you block her you ignore her and then you watch how her engagement shrivel up and that her her brand is not as valuable to the sponsors that she's trying to sell them to. That's how you win. And I've, I'm not the originator of this idea. Shout out to uh, Lexual, Extra, Extra Lex um, for this and intellectual media as well as others. I'm not going to cop to say it. I'm right. the one that because I'm not going to take away the shine from black women. But that's how you win. Is you mute her, you block her, you shrivel up the engagement because she knows what she knows what she's doing. The crazy she may thing, be a racist little motherfucker, but she's a smart motherfucker. The crazy too. thing about it is that the people who actually support her don't retweet her. The people who are actually like listening and in, 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 in agreement with her, all they do is listen to her. They're not retweeting. They're not because they understand that aligning yourself in this day and age, aligning yourself with actual racists is detrimental to your actual survival. 
So no, they're not aligning yourself. That's why it's 2000, the 21st century, and motherfuckers are still losing their jobs over blackface. They understand that aligning themselves with racism and is also, detrimental. Also, that's why the Virginia the governor needs to get the fuck out of here because, again, on, it's been news, but if the main question that we have once uh, uh, your yearbook photo leaks is whether you're the one in blackface or the one in the KKK hood, you need to get the fuck out of here. And you don't see the problem with either? And, and that's the argument like I wasn't the one in the blackface I was the one in the KK hey, like that makes it any fucking better it makes it no better my, my nigga no better and, no better and so that's why but see that's the thing and that's why like and I hate to go back to this but when I think about the Covington um, the Covington Catholic little bullshit ass kids Catholic Covington whatever what the fuck I'm racist Covington shit. Catholic kids right the Covington Catholic kids are of today are the Donald Kavanaugh's of tomorrow Brett Kavanaugh, sorry. Brett Kavanaugh's of tomorrow and the Donald Trump's of tomorrow. We are raising racist kids. Not we. They are raising racist kids. And while they're justifying it by saying, I wasn't in blackface, I was in KKK. (laughs) And getting the platforms to defend their bullshit. And so, and I think of that because we we talked about this a little bit yesterday, last episode. The, the, The Covenant Catholic kids got an interview with today, right? For, for what they did. Trayvon, we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, February 5th. Today, Trayvon, Trayvon Martin. Martin would have been 24 today. He, where's his interview? I'm pretty sure he would like he would like to tell his side of the story. I'm I pretty would, sure Tamir Rice would have liked to tell his side of the story. I'm pretty sure that George Zimmerman is still would not still be walking around signing fucking bags of Skittles. Y'all killed X if Zimmerman live. The streets are done. Y'all shooters don't shoot the way they're supposed to. All y'all Florida niggas pussy. I said it. And the crazy thing is Florida got the weirdest niggas I've ever met. And, and yet, that nigga still, all y'all. But y'all let Zimmerman walk around. Mm, but y'all shooters. Fucking trash. Pathetic. And speaking of trash ass pathetic people. Well, we, we touching on Leon Nelson's trash ass. <sighs> okay, so. Sure. Lightning round of Neon. Ne- Leon Nelson. I can't even nigga from Taken. Because y'all know him as a nigga from Taken. Or an old-ass actor who does fucking action movies every goddamn time. If you've seen one Liam Nielsen movie, you've seen them all. The problem that I have right, is let's, that... Let's tell the story first, right? Go ahead and tell the story. And so I'm going to let you... So, all right. So, for those, again, who don't know, Liam Nielsen randomly admitted on, on a press run for his new movie, which I don't know the name and I don't care at this point, that when a friend of his had his daughter... Sexually assaulted, raped by what they say is a black man. I can't even trust if it's a black man. I don't think that. Okay, let me not because that makes that makes me a victim shamer. But I find it really funny when white children or white people talk about their assault by black people because of how fabricated their stories typically are. There's a whole there's a whole museum dedicated to white women lies. It's called the lynching exhibit. It's literally like recipe cemetery. It. So the crazy thing is that because how history, history always absolves itself every time. And the history of white women accusing black men of sexual assault is steep, is steep. And the lies and the demonization of black men when it comes to interracial react- relationships specific with white women. When he got to talking about this story, there were two talk- parts of me that like cringed. Mm-hmm. The The person who was just like, damn, as a sexual assault survivor, I was like, damn, that's fucked up. That's really fucked up. But as somebody who also understands how white women have weaponized them, the- weaponized themselves against black men, it's like, how much of this story can I actually believe? 
Insos. And that's a really, really fucked up place in my head to be in because I, uh, as a, an, a survivor's advocate, I want to believe you. But history has also taught me that white women have weaponized themselves against black men way too many times for me to just believe what's coming out of this white man's mouth. And then the bullshit ass comments that follow. But go ahead. So, again, randomly, it wasn't asked. He brought this up on himself, which. I guess it just shows the order you get, the less you give a fuck, right? So he brought up, so I guess a friend of his daughter um, claims claims that she was sexually assaulted. I want to use my words carefully. Claimed that she was sexually assaulted by this black man. And so because of that claim, Liam Nelson, according to him, had this primal urge to, f- f- for a week, to, he hoped to get into an altercation with any black person so that he could kill said black person because of the primal urge and the revenge he felt for his friend's daughter. Now. For self-care reasons, I'm going to admit this and say that, like, I got, like, the transcripts of what he said. I did not actually, like, watch the interview because things like that. The Liam Nelson... Basically, is what happened if George Zimmerman would have never found Trayvon, and it's like, excuse me, Neil, listen, Liam Nelson never found his Trayvon Martin. You were looking to go find a black body to assault and to murder. You were looking for that, and it's it's not even like, I think he, people could understand it if you wanted to find the person if you would have said i was looking for the person like my nigga you are not your actual character from taken this isn't a fucking movie and, but even still like i think because a lot of us a lot of people could at least identify with wanting revenge on the a, the actual, actual attacker if you would have said that i'd have been like yeah my nigga like i would have loved that shit too but like you just want to take it on any nigga like that could have been me that could have been anybody Literally, that literally you were, went out looking for altercations with black people, and only re- and only t- and only reason that you didn't get to do that because no black person tried you in that week. Think about that. So the only time, only reason that you didn't find your Trayvon, you didn't find your Tamir, you didn't find your whoever, was because the black. Lucky for us. That the black people in the neighborhood that you were looking for didn't try you. Or probably didn't even recognize you. Because let's be honest, Liam Nelson looks like your average middle-aged white guy. I wouldn't have known to recognize that nigga either. And so, and so, that, and so that's, that's, that's problematic. Because I, I even understand, like, if we want to take it to, like, quote-unquote gang culture, right? Like, say your homie gets done dirty, gets jumped, gets shot by the Crips or the Bloods, whatever gang. Right. I understand wanting revenge against that gang that did that to him. But you can't. Again, black people aren't a monolith. So you can't even extrapolate that to an entire race of people Mm -hmm. on the story of your friend's daughter. You went for a week, not even just a night. Because they would have even been like, oh, for a night, you just was looking for somebody to try you. I get it. Niggas have been on tilt before. But for a week, I ain't never know. You, not only did you want to fight somebody, but you were hoping somebody tried you so you could kill them as, quote unquote, revenge. But see, that's the thing. And the other part about it that, like, pissed me off even more is, like, you're going to take a life that had nothing to do with the initial crime and the person who actually committed, allegedly committed this crime is still walking around. That's how I know shooters are strange these days. 
That's how I know there's no logic in your racism. You could have literally, like, I, my only request for racist, bigots, homophobes, stand up directly in your shit. Just don't, don't sugarcoat it. Don't justify it. Just say, listen, I don't fuck with niggas because they shady. And stand up right in the stand up like just stand up directly in your racism. Wear your fucking flags. Put your hood on. Throw on your red hats while you're at it. And like just stand up directly and, uh, and, and say that shit with your motherfucking chest. And let, if you let me know what it is, it's the, I think what pisses me off about racism, aside from its pure stupidity, is that it's so cowardice. Niggas throw they niggas throw rocks and hide their hands. Like y'all motherfuckers living like literally throw all these rocks and crazy thing is that if a nigga after that interview would have ran up on him and G checked him for what the fuck he said that nigga would still be in the wrong. Oh, but let's get let's get to that. Yo, we gotta start Black History Month over, y'all, because okay, in the first five days again we're recording this on Tuesday, February fifth. We've had multiple rappers arrested, one deported, one trying to be deported. I saw somebody come up with an idea for a black owned prison and was serious about it um like literally was like hey it costs eight eight like eight million dollars for a black a prison i'm challenging black celebrities to donate x amount i'll put up this nigga we don't need black owned prisons but that's another story for another time frame and that story i, I saw can we touch on that We'll touch on it after after and I saw multiple black people, including Terry Crews of all people, defend Liam Nilsson to say he wasn't racist. And he just had a moment. And I'm like Okay, so here's okay, so I'll start with Terry Crews. Here's the thing. Terry Crews was wrong for what he said. That also does not mean because duality guys that does not mean that his sexual assault is also not real no. you need to be able to separate the two topics because i saw people like trying to and when it was a reach trying to correlate the two no terry cruz can say some foul shit like some fucked up wrong shit about this particular topic mm -hmm. and still have the right to advocate about his sexual assault and right. for sexual assault survivors so like the two things are separate matters they don't need to be you, mixed you, I, I think i just i think the only thing only connective tissue right is like we most people applauded Terry for taking a nonviolent approach because we understood that he was well within his right to defend himself from that, but he chose to take a nonviolent approach, and he was mostly right. So, so I get it. So, so for you to advocate for violence, not only violence, but sexless sex violence, is it, 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 it hurt against the black man. Again, I do get that part, but to criticize him, the what what I'm saying is that I saw Terry Crews, the validity of what Terry Crews was saying about his sexual assault being called into question because of his comments about Liam Nelson. And, 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 and that's, that's the part where I'm just like, nah. And, and, that, and that's wrong, but I think that's what I talked about. It was just like, my nigga, if anyone should understand the, the prudence of nonviolence and, and, and calming yourself down, it should be you. And not Facts. only you, you, but like the other african-american people who i saw like saying he's not a racist he just had a racist moment or he just overcome with anger no no because here's the thing if, if your knee-jerk reaction in an interaction with me is to be a racist you are racist just like for example and this is not even similar false but like that's just like every just like every man or woman who got their heart broke one time at like 13 and then held that anger and started doing everybody else wrong at the same time if that's if you can't if that's wrong they clearly wanting to murder a random black man because of something that another black man allegedly did is wrong. But we'll, but we'll get to the black owned prison thing and we'll start wrapping this up because otherwise I'm going to start cussing out every fucking So body. the problem that I have with black owned prisons is this. That's not the solution. 
keeping niggas out of jail to begin with is. <laughs> Facts. Like, and I think that's my dad on that. Like, like black on prisons are not the solution. Let's start programs that keep black men out of jail. Let's start with reforming the fucked up ass prisons we already have. Like, like, what, like, what, Wakanda? But you can't leave. Like, what type of, what type of mindset is like? So, what's the difference between a black-owned prison and a white-owned prison? Y'all serve better food. Like, like, is it Dashiki Friday? Like, 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 y'all got real hoop. Like, and I think, I think, I laugh at the absurdity of it, right? Because I understand. Like, it's one of those things where just because it's black-owned doesn't make it good. Like, that's what when um. I saw this, I saw a, t- a viral post about, like, all of the members of the judicial branch of this one county were black women. And everyone was, like, championing that. I'm like, cool. But if you're still doing the same bullshit no, that other ju- judiciary branches are doing. I need to check the statistics of that because I saw it. And, of course, my little black girl heart leaped out of my chest. But then the actual citizen who understands how policies on the county level work kind of walked it back until I looked at the the decline of the rate of crime and the convictions that have happened in that county. Okay. And they really are about rehabilitation. And they okay. only send you to jail if you absolutely, your black ass needs to and, go. And, and so if that's the case, sure. But I think even with Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, um, you have to understand that token representation isn't what we need at this point. I don't need a black face to hide the same bullshit policies that's been going on. I don't need a black-owned prison. You know, we need to stop the, the school-to-prison pipeline from the third grade. If you if you if you get past like a certain if you score under a certain level in like the third grade, they have statistically proven that that you're more likely to go to prison. Like they they they. That is the pr- reason why when I see. Okay, so to put things in perspective, kiddo is in the third grade. And thank God for the fact that, like, y'all can call me what you want. And this is why I say, like, a lot of times y'all get the breadcrumbs of my life and think you have a full loaf. And I'm cool with that because my private life is exactly how I like it. There's very limited exposure of my son on social media. There's very limited exposure of what I what I do. You have no idea where school he goes to. No, like there's a lot of things I just keep under wraps for this reason. Okay, because a kiddo deserves his own identity. Thanks. So the thing about it is this: put things in perspective. Kiddo is he'll be ten this year. Okay. He's in the third grade. He, if he did not test gifted now, he's on track to skip the fourth grade if I let him. The thing about it is that when you start looking, think about it when you were coming up your college prep coursework versus your AP coursework. Right. And when I think about it now, like as I, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. it was the same coursework. It was just accelerated. Right. It was the exact same coursework that, like, your college freshman would be taking just as a senior in high school. Right. That's not anything. And the coursework I took at, at, at um, my freshman year, I could have been doing in high school. It's not anything harder. So the difference between college prep and your AP classes is the speed of which you're learning, not the difference in material. Right. So when you start talking about prison uh, from preschool to prison pipeline, that shit is real because it's in the difference of the coursework. It's in the difference of your classroom sizes. The coursework, no, the acceleration that the coursework is being taught. Not that there's a difference in material. There's not. It's also, and so you're talking to someone like... I've taken both courses. You're talking to someone who was 
tapped as gifted, right? And and so I was they pushed me on that because I, I I did well on some tests, right? And so not only is the acceleration different, the quality of teacher is different. They're not putting your normal, your stereotypical, overworked, underpaid, they frazzled, fresh out of college professor. My person AP English teacher in high school taught three classes a day. Three. They were all AP classes. And no, she maybe taught like one college prep class. And then the rest of her classes were like all AP prep. Like that was it. And like literally worked four periods out of a seven or eight period day. Literally. They're not giving you like for and the difference between her and say my journalism teacher who not only had the actual journalism club, which was a class in, in my high school, but she also taught seven periods a day. And then journalism, her journalism class was the longest class of her of the day. Right. So, like, she was definitely overworked and underpaid. And then she taught college prep on top of that, on top of her newspaper responsibilities. So the quality of teacher is different. And then we're all supposed to be paying for the same kind of education, but we're not all getting the same opportunities within this system. Facts. And I went to school in the suburbs. So I can only imagine the kind of education that an inner city kid who tested, quote unquote, gifted. I think all black kids are gifted. I think the way we're taught, because my the, your love language and the way you learn correlate. It, 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 there's a phrase that's like, well, if you judge a fish on his ability to climb a tree, the <laughs> fish will always grow up thinking he's stupid. Like we judge like there's a bunch of people who don't test well, who, who, you know, they're smart as hell, but standardized tests just ain't their bag, and it's okay. Crazy thing is that personal story. I, coming up, was dyslexic. Mm -hmm. To this day, I struggle with dyslexia. To this day. But I also tested gifted for AP English and AP writing. So my teacher, literally, my teacher was just like, what is it about the sentence? Even to this day, like before I send an email or anything, my words will be flip flopped. Like I'll say like or I'll skip a word or something like there's something in there that's not quite like it's peculiar in the way that it's worded. But she also said that was my superpower. She was like, because the way that you word things like it makes people think about things in a different perspective. So I took that and I said, hmm, if we apply the same logic to your average inner city black kid. Like then that's where code switching becomes so special, because if we take their language and they flipped it in a way that makes sense, then we're all gifted and we not even flipped it. If we understood it from their point of view and their perspective, we're all gifted. That's like your your corner boys. They're doing algebra by hand. Listen, knowing They're, the count right, knowing the count right, knowing the weight right. They can eyeball pert. They are not you jerks. Okay, and, and we so talk about like they're the, all gifted. I had, I had to take speech classes in elementary school because of like the way I talked wasn't proper enough, or, or you know I couldn't enunciate the words. Oh, I remember taking etiquette classes because I was smart enough to be in the classes I was in. I wasn't etiquette. I didn't have enough etiquette to be there. Listen, man. Just... I remember doing that in the second grade. I remember taking an etiquette class in the second grade because I was smart enough to be in my class. I just didn't have enough etiquette. When my mama found that shit out, she pulled me out of there so quick. I remember that. She was just like, first of all, there's nothing wrong with my child. There's nothing. What, why? How come it's you that's not adapting to her personality? There's nothing wrong with her. I think that was like my last day in that district. I bullshit you not. And it's just, okay, wrap us more of the story. Token representation in 2019. That's not what we need. 
if you're going to represent us, you have to represent all of us, not just skin color, not just gender politics, not just what you think is the culture. You need to represent all of us or we are not afraid to get you the fuck out of here. Secondly, and most importantly, if we're going to things, I think a lot of times we get frustrated because we don't try to fix a foundation. We try to just dress up the, the top half of the pyramid in a lot of things. We don't need black owned prisons. We don't need the Liam Nielsen's of the world running around trying to kill random black people. We need to get to the actual foundation of like education system. And as soon as you're, if you don't test well in the second or third grade, they literally tag you like, oh, he's going to be, a, he's going to be a delinquent. He's going to be this or that. And in in, in everything else that we think at a younger age. And we let the shit fester. And then when it becomes out of control and we can't stop it, then we start to act confused. Like those those Covington Catholic kids, and I hate to keep bringing them up because fuck them, they were taught that. You racism is not is not by it's not natural. You're taught it. Just like that one um parent who laughed when her little toddler said a black a black man like stole something from her and it, she thought it was a fucking joke. She she was taught that. Taught the make believe black man. There was no black man around. The and- make believe black man stole something from her. Or hit her, made her sad, and she thought she found it funny. Like the shit that the shit that we're talking about, and and and, and that's why I say like we're not working. Like the shit's not going to be fixed in our lifetime. Whatever your ism is, whatever your bag is, whatever the thing is you're most passionate about, it's not going to be fixed in our lifetime. We're doing it so that the, 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 the kiddos of the world have a fucking chance. And God may may he have may, mercy. May God be have with mercy us all. on our souls. But see, the crazy thing is that when you have all right, because we know my parents are older. My parents, my my father was born nineteen forty three, so his twenties was the civil rights movement. My mother was born during the civil rights era. Her her twenties was the eighties. Ruby Bridges is sixty four years old, by the way. Just to kind of let you know how my mother, recent this all is. And Ruby Bridges are the same age. Like, no, excuse me. My mother's 10 years younger than Ruby Bridges. Like, this is, like, this is my mother and Ruby Bridges. I think it was her name. So what I'm saying is that the racism that was so long ago is not that far away. It's not that far removed. It's not that far removed. Your great, your grandmother's great grandmother was a slave. And if you think about it like that, it lets you know that you are touching our ancestors right now. So imagine when you become an ancestor for our next generation, for your children's children's next generation, the impact on the world that you plan on having and do that work. And that's where my motivation and that's where my heart is always going to be. I want kiddo to grow up and be a man who can be proud of the man that he's going to raise. Potentially. Who knows? And, And if your activism begins and ends on a boycott of a Super Bowl, we ain't got shit to talk about. Like if that's if that's if that's your activism, you don't do shit else. But you will get up on your social media and shame. I thought we were boycotting the NFL, and that's all you do. Get the fuck out of my face. Because a, <laughs> Kyle Kaepernick never told us to boycott boycott the NFL. We made that up on our own. He never said like he never said like boycott. We we made that up on our own. And b, Kyle Kaepernick watched the Super Bowl on Sunday. Are you going to cancel him? Colin Kaepernick also doesn't vote. But that's a different thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we, 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 de- <laughs> we deify these people, right? And I, I, I said we was going to get out of here. But we deify these people and we 
give them shit and we give them shit that they didn't say. If someone can show me, I, I would love to be proven wrong. If someone can show me a quote that says Colin Kaepernick says, we're going to boycott the Super Bowl. I give you fifty dollars out of my pocket right now. You know what I'm saying? Like if and so but he never said that. He also doesn't vote, but he never said that. We made that shit up on behalf of him. We did. And then you get mad at someone who doesn't necessarily follow that. So you get mad at someone who doesn't boycott the NFL, but you have a Chick-fil-A sandwich in your hand, an H and M jacket on yourself, <laughs> and you're tweeting from your iPhone while wearing Nike. Take your time, preacher. But be, but because I'm watching the Super Bowl, I'm what's wrong with the movement. Make, make it make sense. Make up your mind. You still use you still use Dove and Shea Moisture hair products, but I'm what's wrong with the movement because you I, I, I watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. Make it make sense. I too still use Shea Moisture. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Like this, and I I, we, I wish we had more time on this, but this selective outrage that we got going on got to stop because it's never all enough, and that's why I respected our guest last week, Mansa, because he was like, Nah, I don't fuck with none of that shit. I'm like, If you don't fuck with none of that shit. Cool. So here's the thing, and and this is what I'm going to say, because my favorite apologies are always change behavior. Mm-hmm. And when you have these major brands like your H&M's and like your Shea Moisture's, for example, who not only issued an apology, but their entire branding changed. Their entire branding changed. Whoever, whatever big wig had to walk into the marketing department and say, you and you and you pack your shit. You got to go. Here are the Negroes of this room now. They're going to help us become more inclusive and really get to the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. We don't allow people to change. We're not allowing them. And then when they do change with the same energy that that we issued the backlash is the same energy that we can come back to the table and say, okay, show me the growth, which is the issue that I have with Kevin Hart. And I hate to keep bringing it up, but that's the issue that I had. Okay, you issued an apology, but your behavior didn't change. Your ideology didn't change. So you issued an apology, but you don't still see the error in your ways, which lets me know that you didn't apologize. You were just sorry. And, and so, and that's why a lot of these boycotts, they fail because there's no clear plan besides boycotting. Like what are what? Like for example, when when we were supposed to boycott Target and boycott Walmart, right? So it's like okay, so we boycott. But where the a, fuck am I going to get my groceries at? Where's the feasible? That that was my second question. So where's the plan? Where's the feasible alternative? And also, what do they need to show to, to, to like, what are the conditions of the boycott? For instance, like Shea Moisture. And I'm just going to, and I'm using them because this is the branding that specifically I know for a fact changed their entire marketing department. They even changed their product line. Their product line is not even more inclusive. They still have their core products marketed for the women, black women specifically, that were the ones to get Shea Moisture to the powerhouse branding for multicultural hair that it is now, right? But you want to feature, but they don't have white women in their commercials. To my knowledge, please correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't have white women in their commercials talking about their their struggles with curly hair or their struggles with hair hair. They don't they don't do that anymore. If they do have a white woman or a woman who's melanin deficient in the commercial, it is featured next to a darker skinned woman. It is struggles with her straight hair. Right. Because I do understand white women do have some struggly ass hair. That strangly (laughs) mop water ass shit. Ooh, child. And y'all got the nerve to get get dreadlocks. And y'all got the nerve to want locks. Fuck, fuck you can't even keep wash what you got going. Never mind. Not going to go there. But what I'm saying is this. That was the thing where the owner of the brand said, okay, listen, we're going to backpedal. We're going to stop. We're going to reevaluate. We're going to take the, we're going to take this heat. We're going to take the honest criticism that we got and we're going to do some rebranding strategies. How can we say that we're going to be inclusive, open up our doors, open up our product for everybody 
without ruling out our core base, with keeping them intact and keeping our brand intact for them, making sure that they are provided for first while expanding our brand. And they did that because then now they have products for everyone. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with opening up the doors to the end as long as it does not step on the necks of the, the number one supporter of your product. And Shea Moisture was able to do that. Now, if I'm wrong, please correct me. But if you're going to correct me, please bring the receipts. That's all I ask. That's a word. Don't jump in my inbox talking about you're wrong without actually showing me where hey, I was that's wrong. That's a word. If you, if you go do that, just block me. Um, and, so that, and so that's what it is. It's like all of these boycotts, right? Get If you want me to boycott the NFL, for example, show me a, a structured plan that goes past just not watching shit. Because mind you, if you didn't know, the Super Bowl had its lowest rating in 10 years. 10 years. The so, commercials suck too. And the commercials are. But see, it, but, I, but I, I can honestly say I've only watched two games in the NFL this year. One was it was the Bengals versus Steelers, and that was sentimental value because my brother and my nephew were in town. And then I barely watched the Super Bowl. I was there to get drunk and eat. And so, and I look at it like this. So, if we're going to come with boycott of anything, what's a structured plan besides just not promoting their shit and not doing their shit anymore? What's viable alternatives? And what does the the entity that we're boycotting me to do, what are you trying to gain from this? Like, it's like a hostage situation with no demands. Like, right. It was, it's, so, okay, we're not going to support this. What are my options and what's the end goal? Well, exactly. And so even still, like with, with Colin Kaepernick, truth be told, I think like, I don't even think Colin Kaepernick wants, wants to play anymore. Like he, and, and also this has only made his star grow. And I'm not even talking about on a selfish tip. Like, Colin Kaepernick will go down in history for far more than just being a football player. Exactly. And so I just look at it like you get up on your high horse and you t- and you look down on people because they're not boarding a specific thing that you think is trash. Right. And then when people like, but what about the stuff that you're, you're tweeting from iPhone? I thought you hated sl- sweatshops and, sl- you know, slavery. But You got on Nikes. I thought you hated sweatshops and slavery. Like, you know what I'm saying? You like, still shop at H&M. Like, you still do. But see, that's the thing. We want these brands to reform. We want them to change. And then we don't stick around long enough for the evolution. We don't stick around long enough to see, okay, what did my boycotted dollars actually get me? How did this work for me? Because even so, like even Nike, like, they made some strides. Like, for example, them standing behind Kaepernick is one of those things where, like, it may not be the biggest stride, but it's, it's progress. Them supporting Serena the way they do. But see, that's the thing. They also, all right, so Nike may, may have had, like, a capital gain to that. There may have been some capital motivation for that. And I'm not, I'm not mad at people using their trauma to make money. I'm not yeah. mad. As long as it's their trauma. Their trauma to make money from, period. But I'm, I'm not opposed to that. But what I'm saying is that Nike kept that same energy. And that's all I ask of anybody. Don't. And that th- my number one thing about you is going to be hypocrisy. You cannot. Again, you can't. The selective outrage, the selective choosing of what is and what isn't going to be acceptable. Because I'll be honest with you, it would hurt like hell. But if Beyonce proved herself to be problematic as fuck, my standum for her would I would have to stop. It would hurt. But again, it's not Uchi Wally and one mic with me. It's both of them. That's this. That's all, man. We signing out because we hurt. We, we could talk about this all. Our day. feelings are hurt now, guys. It's margarita time. <laughs> man, some. All right. It's like your girl Ali Nicole, boy C Diddy, Kyrie Carvin, Jimi Hendrix. We are out. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys.